Welcome to the Hands in Motion podcast, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. Here we will discuss all things upper extremity therapy, from assessment to treatment, the latest research, the patient experience, and other topics related to the field of upper extremity rehab. Learn more and subscribe today at ASHT.org. Welcome back to another episode of Hands in Motion. Just a reminder that the ASHT annual meeting is approaching quickly and you don't want to miss out. You can join us in Washington, D.C., or there is also the option to enjoy the meeting from the comfort of your own home through a hybrid option. You can find the final program and register on the ASHT website. Now on to our next episode. We are honored to be joined by Buddy Velastro and Dina Swanson, a fantastic patient therapist combo. Two years ago, Buddy suffered a severe injury to his right hand in an accident at home and has since undergone multiple surgeries and several hours of therapy in order to return to work in his family business, Carlos Bakery. On this episode, he and his hand therapist, Dina, discuss his injury and therapy and how they work together to get Buddy back to doing what he loves. Welcome to Hands in Motion, Buddy and Dina. So Dina, give us a little bit of history about where you're from and what you do. My name is Dina. I work in New Jersey in a town called Parsippany. I've been doing hand therapy for 13 years. Got certified, I guess like nine years ago now. And I worked with pretty much every type of injury you can think of. I started a lot of it with trauma and then kind of went on to work in areas where there was more, you know, repetitive injury stuff going on. And now I uh, also train other students as well. And I mentor a lot in my own company. I love to teach. So that's actually one of my passions as well. And buddy, how about you? Well, I'm Buddy Belastro. <laughs> <laughs> I am a baker and I had a pretty traumatic hand injury. September will be two years. I had five surgeries on my hand and Dina was my occupational therapist and I couldn't be where I am today without her. You always know how important people who do occupational therapy are. But until it comes like firsthand, the way it happened to me, it just becomes a whole nother level of appreciation. And it's really crazy. When we started out, I just really didn't know how far I was going to be able to go or what I could do. And thank God, I feel I'm probably like 90, 95% back with my hand functionality. Oh, good, good. So can you explain actually what happened? Some of our listeners may or may not know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm Buddy Belastro. I'm the cake boss on television. So people probably have seen some of my cakes. We make these crazy elaborate cakes and everything I do is my hands. Like my hands are everything to me. So it was a Sunday afternoon. I was trying to fix the bowling alley pin setter in my house, which again, I've been behind a million times. I fixed it. I'm pretty mechanically inclined. And I just turned my hand for a second and I was impaled by the machine. And it was pretty bad. I mean, it like went right through my hand and the mechanism rolled my hand over and shattered my thumb. So the injury was between my middle finger and my ring finger. I broke my ring finger and I broke my thumb really bad shattered my thumb and 
went to HSS and Dr. Michelle Carlson, who is the best. I mean, just I can't say enough good things about her, operated on me and we did five surgeries. I have one more to do. So I'll show you my hand now. So I have a little space between my pointer and middle finger. I can't really get my middle finger over because the tendon healed in the scar tissue. So she's going to release that, take out some scar tissue, I think September, or we're going to do it in January. And then me and Dean are going to be back in action again, getting back to normal. But yeah, it was pretty horrific. You know, I mean, what happened was pretty crazy. And like I said, Dina helped me tremendously through this whole journey. We bonded. We became like family, really. I mean, you know, we would do it at my house and it was really amazing to spend that time and really go through what we went, what I went through. And she was like my coach, my backup, like rooting me on and and making me gain my strength back. So it was was pretty amazing. How far post-surgery did you have to start therapy? I think it was about three weeks after. They really wanted me to start quick. We just started going. Dean, I think I only had like 5% or 10% of my strength when we started. Yeah, you also had a lot of restrictions at that point. I mean, she wasn't really allowing a lot of MP flexion because you had the K wires. You had that all kind of wired up in there. So really all we could do was we could bend the IP of the thumb and get a little bit of flexion of the index finger. So I remember making you pick up like little pegs and things like that way back in the beginning and like doing some like hook fisting and things like that. But it was, and dealing with swelling. I mean, your hand was like a balloon. You know, honestly, and Dr. Carlson and Dina both told me, like my hand today feels like it's almost two years where the swelling is actually back to normal. Like my fingers were so swollen. My thumb was swollen. It's crazy how how much it it shrunk from what it was. Yeah. And I know a lot of our patients, Karen, I, you know, like that is one thing that patients will ask and like, well, when's the swelling going to go away? They think like two weeks, you know, a month after their injury, the swelling is going to go and like, no, think like a year, maybe even more, you know? So that's really hard for them to grasp that concept that the swelling was still in there. Yeah. It's nuts. You know, and, and again, well, I'm a righty too. And it was my right hand. So it was my dominant hand, which makes it even worse. You just don't realize like to be able to button your shirt or zip your pants up or open a door or or the little things, brush your teeth right. It was crazy. It was just nuts that I couldn't do any of it. And then little by little with therapy and surgeries, being able to get to where I am today was pretty wild. And I remember the last surgery I had was a surgery where she really released the tendons. And we had to work really hard because this was probably the end of February and I was going to film in the second week of April or first week of April. And I was filming Buddy vs. Duff, which for me is a real crazy show because it's not only a lot of work, but I have to actually make like some of the craziest cakes I've ever made, you know, in my life. And we had no idea what my functionality was going to be. 
right? And we went in knowing like, all right, if I can't really do much, at least I could coach or, you know, do the best I can. And me and Dina worked so hard that month to get me back to normal. I remember going like that first week when I did that first cake. And I mean, it was, it was like real literally, I mean, it was right after and I was able to do my stuff. It was amazing. And I'll never forget the day after surgery, Doc Carlson was like, all right, squeeze your hand because I couldn't make a fist. Cause I would be like, you know, like this. And I just couldn't go all the way down. She didn't totally release the tendons, but when she did, and I can make a fist, it was hard too, because at one point we were overworking because I did, I was so determined not to get stuck again and stiff, but Dina came on set. She was a godsend. She was amazing. I was going to ask Dina, did you ever find a point where you had to pull the reins back a little bit and say, Hey, slow down. We, <laughs> we have a few steps we have to take before we can get you where yes. you want to be. <laughs> well, it was funny. Cause like one of your pre questions was like, how did you motivate your patient? And it was like, wait, no, I had to slow him down. He was motivated. I felt like when I was working with buddy, I was working with like an athlete, you know, like when can I get back into the game? I want to get back in. And that's exactly what his mentality was which was really a blessing that yes, of course, sometimes I had to put on the brakes a little bit, but I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better patient, you know, as much of a challenge, like things were at times. And I mean, Dr. Carlson with her surgeries, I mean, you know, a lot of times we have doctors who release scar tissue, right? And you don't know what the outcome is going to be because that person hasn't been able to move that muscle to the full extent pre- release of scar tissue. So you don't know how much that muscle is going to work for you after the release. But I have to say how she released everything and, and the technique and skill that she had coupled with Buddy's motivation, he wouldn't have gotten here without that type of motivation and, and the care that he got with um, the surgeon as well. So it was quite impressive. It really was. So, but yeah, sometimes I had to pull him in. <laughs> <laughs> so you said your injury was September. When was your, I guess, next, so you had surgery then like your initial, how soon after that was your next procedure? And did you feel like you were taking a step back or did you know that, Hey, there's a purpose behind this, this next procedure? Well, the first procedure was the next day. So after it was in my hand and it was crazy and you know, like People were like, did you pass out? I mean, I was in excruciating pain. I mean, I was literally crucified, right? I mean, that's that's how bad it was. I had this big metal spike through my hand. And I don't know what came over me, but I was calm. And my two sons were there. I said to my son, buddy, go get the sawzall and the pliers. Now, they called 911. They cut me off the machine, okay, and had to undo a bolt and cut this little piece of metal out. And His kids I did, was, not emergency services. His kids. Oh, wow. My kids, emergency yeah, my services kids never made off. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was upstairs in my driveway before the ambulance got there. And I said to my wife, just get in the car and drive me to the emergency room. So when we got to the emergency room, I took a lot of videos of my hand. And I said to my, my wife, like, well, what the hell are you doing? What do you want videos for? I said, Lisa, I said, I have a friend who owns a baseball team. And I said, we got to call the team doctor. I said, we're going to have to go somewhere else. I'm like, this is not going to be my first surgery. And at Morristown, they were able to 
take out the metal spike, but I sent all the videos to Doc Carlson. And about six in the morning the next day, she called and she's like, you got to come to New York right away. And I went in immediately and I went immediately back into surgery. My hand was swollen up. She was afraid that the muscles were going to die. That's how, yeah, swelling was in the hand. And then I was in HSS for like two or three days. And then we started some physical therapy. And so that was surgery two, right? The first one was getting it out, then two. Then about a month later, we had another surgery because at that time I couldn't move my fingers at all. So she released a little bit of it. That was surgery three. That was probably November. And then I had surgery four in February. And now surgery five will be when I correct the middle finger. So those first few were fairly closely spaced. Very closely spaced. Very. Nerve wracking. Cause like you always worry like his hand was already swollen. So you always worry that it's going to get even worse with the swelling, but you know, you stayed on top of it. We stayed on top of it with compressive dressing and moving and yeah, he actually ended up peeling fine. If you look at it now, like if you look from this side, you really can't even tell that I was impaled and my score is not like terrible. And I, you know, I can make a fist and I could squeeze. I, I think I have about 90% of my strength, you know, would you say? Yeah. I mean, last time I was thinking about that too, because when I used to treat you at home, I would still take your measurements and I'd put them in my phone in order to keep like a catalog and to keep you motivated so that you knew like, oh, like back in, and I, I, I was looking back at them. So like January 19th, you only had 50 pounds of grip strength, but then on your last session, it went all the way up to 95. So, yeah, and you know, great. that's within a normal, yeah, for you, well, for your age group. Now, the other hand is like, was like 140, I think, like 135, <laughs> yeah. 140. So it wasn't your normal, but it was like within your norms. <laughs> But, yes. but I definitely, I definitely feel stronger from then, Dina. You know, I definitely <laughs> feel, yeah. yeah I, like when great. I shake people's hands, they're like, how's your hand? And then I squeeze, they're like, oh, ooh. Oh, oh hello. Good, 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 good. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but we worked it. I mean, we, I mean, obviously like with like hand masters and different types of grips. And I mean, we'd be working those, like the lumber coals. I would basically try to isolate every single muscle that I, I could. And then we would be go with the dumbbells. We'd be doing our wrist curls, working on the forearm, just trying to get the whole arm to start to work back together. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and definitely a lot of the suction because of skin, you know, getting that skin off. You know, we used a lot of the suction to like, you know, and stuff like that. But you know what? Again, this is something that I have no idea about, right? You know, I'm not really versed in this world. But to see all the different little techniques that you have to do, I was mesmerized. Like, really, Dina made me these crazy contraptions. Like, you know, I looked like the Thanos. I had, like, the Thanos glove. And I would, you know, <laughs> in the beginning to yeah, do I exercises. <laughs> yeah, I made him a dynamic flexion brace. Because <laughs> his MPs were so locked up. I needed something to pull them down. But he was very good about it. I would make him wear it all the day. And he, you never stopped working, buddy. I mean, you constantly were going into the factory. I mean, I was heading over to the house around like nine, sometimes 10 o'clock at night. He never stopped. And I'm asking him to keep this contraption on, you know, for like an hour, like five times a day, you know, yep. but you did it. 
did? Yeah, no, I, I was at the time of the factory. I, I all I did was work the ovens because I could pull the racks in and out. Because I have like a you know my hand was kind of like wrapped, and I was still able to put like the oven mitt on and and be able to pull the racks out of the oven. That was kind of what I did because it was around the holidays too, you know. So, Dino, what kind of activities? I know you said you made some orthoses and you, you know, did gripping and those kind of things, but how did you begin that transition back to job tasks, you know, trying to get both the gross motor and the fine motor back so that he was able to do what buddy needed to do. So I'll tell you a funny story. So one of the things that he does, which is so beautiful and incredible is that he can make with fondant the petals and make a, like a beautiful rose that you put onto a cake. So, I mean, one of his favorite things to do was to play with the putty and we, and he would make those petals for us in the clinic. And it was beautiful. It was so cool. A flower it was so great. Yes, it was so great. But, you know, we would mimic like squeezing a pipe, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff we would do, but like we worked actually a lot with the putty and like kind of like rolling it out and mimicking that work that he would do while baking and creating the cakes and piping things out. That was the biggest fear because piping is very, in a very exhausting task, you know, and you have to have strength, but also like a little bit of control and you have to change your pressure. I mean, right, buddy, I feel yeah. like I'm, you know more than <laughs> me, but I've learned this from you. <laughs> yeah, no, she's spot on. Yeah. So you got to change your pressure up constantly. So he would work on that kind of ripping and trying to do piping and he would practice, you know, I tell him, you know, once the restrictions came off, I said, all right, let's do it. You know, let's try, you try, go ahead and try to pipe. Yeah. And in that season of buddy versus Duff, I wind up piping this cake that I piped on for 15 hours straight. And it had the most meticulous lines. I, I could send, I'll send Dina the pictures and then she could show you know, could put it on. But I mean, it was like just layers of like just squeezing and perfect piping. And it was one of the best cakes I ever did. And it was after surgery and after everything. And the fact that I was able to do that and, you know, was was amazing. Even the flowers and stuff, because the flowers are very delicate touches. You know, to your point, it's very fine motor skills. Like, you know, you have to like pinch and, and touch and and bend just to get like the perfect curvature in the way the flower is blooming, right? So the petals blooming and you have to like twist it and bend it a little bit, but it's very fine motor skills. Yeah. In my rudimentary cake decorating skills, I have tried to pipe several times and it's exhausting just doing it for like 15 minutes. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine doing it for 15 hours, let alone 15 minutes. And then having that hand injury on top of it, knowing that that endurance is already low in your hand to begin with. So that had to be a difficult feat to try and gain that endurance back in your hand to be able to do that. Well, I, absolutely. I mean, it, it was. And then too, like, even with the sculpting and molding, like, you know, again, I was so concerned about the endurance, right? I remember we did this one cake was like a dinosaur. And I mean, it was like eight hours of just like, scratching and, and and kind of texturing the fondant i mean it's like 20 foot dinosaur and i had to go and put all this texture on it and it was just really like just keep you know using your hand and scratching and no matter how much i wanted to do things with my left hand you know i'm just not i can't do it this you know it's just not me 
Buddy, what would you say was the hardest part about, like, if you look back on the last two years and your rehab process, what would you say was the hardest part about it? The hardest part, I mean, was just not knowing if I was going to be the same, right? You know, and look, I don't mean this in a bragging way, but I'm like a high level athlete at what I do, right? You know, so if I couldn't make cakes to the level of, you know, being in the major leagues no more, part of me would have died, right? Because I still had the imagination to be able to, to dream it, right? Because I, I could dream what I'm going to do. And then to physically go and make it happen is a whole nother thing. And, you know, I was scared. I was scared. as I'll never forget, like, driving to the hospital with the spike in me. I was like, am I going to lose my hand? Like, what the hell is going to happen? Like, I had no idea what my functionality was going to be, what was going to happen. I mean, without my hands in what I do, I'm really nothing. So it was tough. I pushed, like, I pushed hard. Like, you know, I worked until my, even when me, Dina would work me hard so that we wind up getting um, things really back to normal like you know we worked really like you know it was it was strenuous but i would tell her do not soft on me like kill me i would say you got i want to get back i was worried too that the muscles weren't going to turn back on that i couldn't build them again you know i mean my hands were like solid muscles like you know i mean you're squeezing fondant you're squeezing piping you're squeezing things i had like popeye forearms you know and and everything was like the muscles on my hands were always so pronounced. Dean, I'm going to ask you, was there nerve damage? Well, yes, there was, there was numbness. There, there wasn't though, there was type of nerve damage where like a, there was a muscle atrophy. Okay. But there was just numbness sensory. Yeah. Sensory. sensory. Just sensory. Okay. Yeah. But I got to say the nerve has grown back. So basically on the inside of my middle and ring finger, I still have like a tingle. It doesn't feel normal, but it feels better than it did, you know, because Dr. Carlson attached the nerve back and it will never, I don't think it'll ever feel the same, but it feels better than it did say two years ago. Dina, knowing Buddy's expectations and the caliber of cake decorating he needed to get back to, how did you approach therapy from the get-go, Dina? I mean, so I kind of just took things in steps as, as I always, always do. I mean, I knew how important everything was, but I really just wanted to focus on kind of like what was in front of me. And I didn't want to put a lot of emphasis on what he was having to get back to at that moment, because there, there was just so much swelling that I really just wanted to take it day by day and try to bring down and work on as much as I could at, at the, that given point in time. So I had seen the way that I always see Buddy's injury is I had seen gunshot injuries through the hands multiple times before. And so when Buddy presented to me, he presented like some of those gunshot wounds through the hand. And I kind of was able to systematically pull from that kind of knowledge and pull that into some of Buddy's issues. So even though I knew that he had to get to the point where he had to pipe and he had to make these cakes and he had to, you know, pull all this dough together and really be active with his hands. 
that was a little bit more on the back burner for me. The initial experience for me and has always been my experience with trauma is to really address that swelling and that scar tissue. So we started with like the, the light tuber, tubercle elastic dressings, you know, the light ones, but to give a little bit of compression through the fingers, because I was so concerned about the fact that he was going to get scar tissue through his whole hand and not really be able to move at all. So I have to be honest with you, I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be as good as it turned out. I tried to take it day by day and I tried to take a look at what was going on with him and what I can improve upon this, this day. And I just took every day as it came and I tried to break it down. All right. You're presenting with a middle finger PIP lag. What can I do to fix that? I'll give you a relative motion splint. Fine. The web space is closed in because your thumb was crushed. Fine. We'll do a web space or splint to fix that. So everything was just systematically day by day. What can I do to improve this better? What can I do to make this better? And that's, That's how I approached it. I think that's really good advice for any therapist that no matter what patient is in front of you, whether they are a professional athlete, a professional cake decorator, a high school football player, a someone who works at a desk, like what is in front of you and that's what you treat. And so I think that's really, really great advice for our listeners. And honestly, like for people who are not in the industry, right? People who get injured and like, oh, do I really need physical therapy or whatever? You have to do it. Like it is so important and it makes such a difference. I am such a believer of it now more than ever that I saw it. And I'll never forget those first couple visits that I went and saw Dina. I actually went into the facility and, you know, she was just so great with all the patients. And I saw how advanced they were getting and all the different things they were doing. And I just, I knew she was great, you know, and I told her, I'm like, listen, I'm a little crazy. I'm a little busy, but (laughs) I said, I said, you know, you got to be willing. Could you help me here? Could you help me there? And and, and she was amazing. Honestly, we, we bonded. We're like family. We actually, I think me and Dina, we caused a wedding, right? We, (laughs) we, yeah, we, uh, we played matchmaker and it worked out. (laughs) My cousin and her best friend are getting married now. Ah. Yes, we're getting married next next December. We spoke about her beautiful kids or she would come and and me and my wife would play cards. I'm a multitasker, so I would be like watching Jeopardy, doing my therapy and playing cards with my wife with my left hand. Yes. Yes. But he, he was able to concentrate. I mean, I have to tell you, he it was never like a oh buddy, come on, now do this. Nope. He was on it. I mean, he was, he was on it and he listened to everything I had to say. Even when I was just kind of talking out loud and spitballing ideas, he was like, oh, okay, sure. And I may have been talking about like the interosseous like muscle, you know, and he was just like, <laughs> okay, sure. You know, but I tried to, I try to educate my patients as best as I can. I, I, I hope that helped, you know, just by like kind of telling you like, this is what's going on in your hand. This is what this muscle does. So we're going to do this to fix that. And I hope that helped. No, it, it totally made me feel, she made me feel informed and, you know, she pushed me to work hard and I stuck to it, you know, and if there was a day where I was real busy and I couldn't put the Thanos thing on, you know, I would be like, I'm sorry, I only wore it once today. I ain't going to lie to you, but you know, it was really a, a great friendship and bond that I'll never forget. And, and to this day, every time 
I always thank her and Doc Carlson because if it wasn't for them too, I don't know where I would be today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, give yourself some credit. You did all the work, you know, and that's a lot of times what I tell my patients as well. Like, I can tell you what to do. I can show you what to do, but you have to carry that out. And, you know, it makes a big difference. You as the patient doing what you, you need to do to get back. So good job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Say yes. Good job. But, you know, I can see the joy that you guys get in your profession. Like to see me come in there, not knowing what my outcome was going to be. And seeing me go from where I was to where I am today, it's got to be like like a special thing like a, in your heart that, you know what I'm trying to say, that just makes you feel so good that you help someone get to where they are today. That's special. You know, I mean, listen, I guess in our own way, we all touch people's lives in our jobs, right? Like I make them a beautiful cake and it could be on their wedding day or it could be, and you feel like you're with those people forever, but there's nothing like, like when you, you've helped heal someone, like that's a whole nother world. I mean, I couldn't do nothing with my hand. And the fact that I'm able to do cakes at the level that I am and, and, and be fine. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think all of us as therapists, we definitely put passion into what we do just like you do as well. But to see somebody walk out of the clinic and just be appreciative of the fact that they, even if they could do something little, you know, you have somebody coming in and like, I was able to button my pants today. And I'm like, usually we're like, yeah, good job, you know, but yes, yes. <laughs> we like make a big deal about it. But to us, it is a big deal because that's yeah. something you can now be more independent with that you couldn't do before. So yeah, it's never a fun deal. Yeah. Like you would never think that like, the one thing that really reflected with me in my injury, and I say this all the time, my mom died of ALS. And when she had ALS, it's probably the worst disease on the planet that you can get, right? I mean, one day you could tie your shoes, the next day you can't. One day you can walk, the next day you can't. And all these things that, that I couldn't do no more, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do them again. Like button your shirt, you know, washing yourself, wiping yourself, anything, you know? And the fact that I got that back, I felt so bad for my mom, right? Because I would think back of, you know, now she would never be able to do that again. And, and, and she kind of, how she had to suffer through that, right? And I kind of like put myself in her shoes, you know? But thank God I was able to get everything back. Yeah, it's no fun having to rely on other people. And in the beginning, you really had to. And, and that is a painful process that all of our patients go through is, is having to give up that independence that, you know, we just love every day and we take for granted. And then, I mean, it's amazing that you were able to get it back. And I was happy to be part of the journey. It really was. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Well, I think we kind of touched on everything. We really appreciate you both taking the time to talk with Kara and I, and yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. It was my absolute pleasure. And anytime, if you need anything else, just let me know. 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hands in Motion brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. You can listen on the ASHT website and or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Once subscribed, please rate and review the podcast to help us reach new listeners and to continue offering valuable, relevant content. You've been listening to Hands in Motion, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. To learn more about ASHT and to subscribe to the show, please visit ASHT.org. We'll see you next time on the Hands in Motion podcast. Hands in Motion.